Sitting on a bar stool Kind of short and kind of square Through the foam in his mustache His voice filled the air Talking about the state of mind, son Talking about the state of Jefferson It's a wave on a dusty road It's a logger's heavy load It's a cattle on the hill It's a range full of thrills It's a way of life Settles in your soul In your soul Amen It does It does settle in your soul Good morning are we on? We are on. Good morning. Are we? We are. Good morning, Jefferson. Uh, are you sure? We sure. You sure? Positive. We're even on <laughs> FM right now. Yeah. <laughs> so listen on FM. If you lose it on FM, go to AM. You know the routine. <laughs> or go online. KCNR, 96.5 FM, 1460 AM. The music sounds better <laughs> on FM. If you have any questions or comments, 530-605-4567. Six zero five four five six seven. We are down here in the beautiful heart of Reading, mm-hmm. in downtown Reading. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, this Monday night at twenty five seventy South Bonnie View Road, we will be talking about Measure A. Measure A. Mm-hmm. And we have someone named Janet Chandler, who is an absolutely wonderful writer. Uh, was a school teacher um, and. Uh, a constitutionalist and just a wonderful, wonderful lady. She wrote the ten reasons why we should not vote for Measure A. Hmm. Interesting. So she's going to discuss that with us. She is, and uh, you know, I think that that's something that that you know that's something I think that a lot of people have kind of uh, lost their way on uh, as far as the radio programs go. And I want to talk about that this morning. Um. Anyway, that'll be at twenty five seventy South Bonnevie Road. At the church that shall the remain church, nameless. It shall always remain nameless. But I think <laughs> the thing we have to do is we, we seem to be focusing a lot of times, even on talk radio uh, that are that's local, about what goes on nationally. Absolutely important. Absolutely a million billion percent important. But I think most of us are getting a little weary of hearing radio programs that come on and regurgitate what Fox News said all week. The challenge with that is that we've heard it already. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I guess the talk show host wants to express their opinion. Well, that's cool. I get it. That's I get it. But look what's going on around us. Locally? Locally, hmm. everywhere. The unfunded liability and pension situation in California is out of control. And I want you to call in here this morning if you're listening. Six zero five four five six seven. I want you to call in, and I want you to give me your opinion on what's going on in all the cities and what's going on, especially in the city you live in. I'm going to give you some statistics now. Uh oh. Yes. Uh oh. Reading Police Department, and I'm going to compare apples to apples. This is by no ways or means. a way of slamming the police because the police do a good job they work hard, I get it but in a town of 90,000 in 2018 I get this from Transparent California and these are the latest stats they have 
I think we have around 98 officers in, uh, in the city of Reading, I believe. Maybe more than that. But I believe it's 98. 55 of them made total compensation in 2018 of over $200,000 a year. That's total compensation. When you look at Transparent California, you'll see things like overtime pay and other pay, etc., etc. 200,000, 90,000 people. Chico has 91,000 people. They had one policeman with their 91,000 people they patrol, which was the police chief, and he made $209,466.41 in total compensation. Chief Moore made, and I hope you're all sitting down, don't take a sip of your coffee now, set your coffee down, and brace yourself. Chief Moore's chief total compensation was $367,207.50, as opposed to a police chief in a town that's bigger than his, apples to apples, who made two hundred nine thousand four sixty-six forty-one. That's one hundred and sixty, almost one hundred sixty thousand dollars more. It is over one hundred sixty thousand dollars more. Hmm. How does that work? The Reading Police Department had fifty-five officers making over two hundred thousand dollars in total compensation. Fifty-five of them. The city of Chico had one, the police chief. In fact. The second highest of the police chief in Chico was a sergeant that made $182,658.86. If we take that figure and we see how many of the 98 officers made more than that, we will find that out of the 98, that 68 of them made more than the second highest paid policeman in Chico. And we wonder why things are out of control. Now, I'm not saying that people aren't worth what they're being paid. That's not the point. The point is, we've always gotten the argument, well, it's apples to apples. Okay, well, we're doing apples to apples here. Fact is, city of Chico has a thousand more people than we do. How is any of that okay? So we need to hire more, right? We need to hire more. Does anybody understand the impact of this when these folks retire? Does anybody understand that our police chief worked for two years? I'm not sure what his retirement is. I probably could look it up, but I'm not going to say it. But I know he his total compensation last year was $367,207.50. And he's, what, 55 years old, something like that? So we continually pay these pensions. We give them raises. The county's a whole other story. We bring in a new bean counter to take over for Larry Lease. What happens? $25,000 more. 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 Now, I know that McGreeny, when he took over for uh, for uh, Basenko as a sheriff, uh, Sheriff McGreeny uh, is making less than the sheriff was making. They didn't pay him more than Tom Basenko was making. But they certainly paid our new, what do they call it, uh, CEO, CAO, yeah. CAO, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I mean, you guys, does everybody understand the impact of this? 68 officers out of 98 make over $182,000 a year total compensation. 12 of them make over a quarter of a million a year. 55 make over $200,000 a year. This is all total compensation, by the way, total compensation. You have the total compensation in Chico. One person makes it. One, the police chief. One. How is that okay? How is any of that okay? How is that okay to pay that amount of money? And how is it okay to go to the taxpayers and say, we need more police, we need to hire more because we need more money for police? How is any of that okay, folks? How is that okay with you? I think we should be calling into radio programs every single day and asking how that's okay. But no, I guess there's other things to talk about, isn't there? guess there's other things. There might be, I don't know, might be a spaghetti feed somewhere. Who knows? You know, as long as we ignore these problems all through Jefferson and all the different cities, and we're a microcosm of it, as long as we ignore these problems, where do you think that's going to get us? I know. Let's talk about what happened on Fox News all week. Let's talk about that some more. Now, I love President Trump, and I hope he kicks butt, and I hope he drains the swamp. And I think most of us are behind him. I think all clear-thinking people are behind him, frankly. I believe that. So where do we go from here? When do we start raising up and saying, hey, this is just enough? We know how bad California is, but now we're looking at River City right here. And the county is a whole other story. Same deal. Same outrageous wages. AB 109 money, it's all going to probation. A lot of it. To do what? At what point do we start questioning? At what point do we start asking? At what point do we get engaged? I believe every day somebody should be calling in and reading these statistics off until somebody refutes them. But how do you refute that? That's right. It's on Transparent California. Gee whiz. And I'm talking about 2018 statistics. I'm not talking about 2019. 2018. If you have any questions or comments on that, 530-605-4567, 530-605-4567. We'll just go off to our first break here, and then Wynn's got some stuff for us on the other side. Time has come. Number 51. Let's get her done. Sleep Number. This is not a bet. It's proven quality sleep from 999. 
I'm Carlene Niver, and I have some exciting news about my restaurant, Deja Vu, voted Best Breakfast. We are now serving beer and wine to complement your experience with us. Try one of our many flavors of mimosas, or try one of our new delicious creations, like Morning Sunshine, our version of a screwdriver. For our coffee lovers, we are known for our cozy atmosphere with a mixture of traditional and specialty drinks. I invite you to start your day with us, whether you are craving breakfast or lunch. Located in the historic Lorenz Hotel in the heart of downtown Reading on California Street. Open seven days a week from 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. We look forward to seeing you soon. That doesn't happen to men. It's not just a woman's issue. It only happened once. I will intervene. But he's such a nice guy. We will look out for each other. What did she think would happen? I will step in. It's just the way people are. It's on us to change the future for our children. We will change the culture. Get involved. One safe place. OSPShasta.org slash change the culture. As we remember the anniversary of the North State fires, Northern Valley Catholic Social Service would like to thank you. Because of you, NVCSS has served over 26,000 people in the North State. Because of you, children have returned to school. Our communities are rebuilding. Families have a new place to call home. People are healing. Northern Valley Catholic Social Service thanks you. Together, we will continue inspiring hope and transforming lives. Sounds better on FM, guys. <laughs> Go to 96.5 and hear that good music. Um, before we get to our caller, I want to make one more comment about what we've been talking about in the first segment, and that is that just because you're concerned about, oh, I don't know, unfunded liability, pensions, the state going bankrupt, the city going bankrupt, doesn't mean you're anti-police. And frankly, if you're a police officer and you know this stuff, how do you how don't don't you think you might want to maybe say something or gosh talk to your union rep? I mean, how long do you think we can sustain this? What's the average income for the in Shasta County like twenty three thousand dollars a year? And it might be a little higher. It might be thirty. Maybe thirty. 30 okay, and, yeah. and you're looking at a at, at three quarters of our police department making over one hundred and eighty thousand dollars in total compensation. How does that work? Mm-hmm. Okay, Nick, you're on, buddy. Hey, I was curious about something. You uh, said that the uh, police chief in Chico was making two hundred and some thousand dollars. No, that's morning. not what I said. What did you say? What I said was the total compensation. No, no, no. This is before you. You cited what the police chief in Chico was making, and then you compared it to Roger Moore. Was yes, making. sir, I did. Okay, and it was two hundred and some dollars and forty-one cents. It was two hundred nine thousand. Four hundred sixty-six dollars and forty-one cents. My, total co- my question is, what's the forty-one cents? <laughs> oh, you guys never take me serious. Hey, I was at uh, uh, Dale Ball's fundraiser last night, 
and it was elbow room only. I think next time uh, he has a fundraiser, he's probably going to have to get the uh, Veterans Hall down there in Anderson. And it was really a, a, a very good venue. It just wasn't quite big enough. And the thing is, his fundraiser got canceled out at the IGO uh, Inn. The guy backed out, I think, Thursday, and the fundraiser was Saturday. And I think he probably figured that his little old tiny venue just wasn't big enough to hold a big crowd like that. And uh, he got cold feet and backed out. But uh, I just wanted to say how good it is. Now, when we get to the unfunded liabilities, old sharp pencil Barry Tippin was on uh, Carl's show a couple weeks ago. And he said that, according to the actuary report, the unfunded liabilities is on a 20-year payoff, and I've been har- harping about the 30-year payoff, which was, uh, I-, I think it was 530 million dollars we would pay over 30 years. So I went to the 20-year chart, and the pay- payments, it's like, you know, I don't know, 12 or $15 million each year for about 10 years. During that 10 years, O'Berry will retire, and after 10 years, it jumps up and doubles the payments. And I'll tell you what, that's something to be scared of, you know. And then I was looking at the video of the uh, supervisors' meeting, and at 46 minutes on there, Joe Comente was talking and Leonard Modi about what a good venue the League of Women Voters is for us to get to know our supervisors and for them to answer our questions. And you know what? It's been my experience that our questions don't get asked. I've watched them when they uh, take questions from the audience. They write them down, and I've watched them put them on the bottom of the pile and take them up to the uh, head old girls that are asking the question and just give them the top third. And for him to insinuate that it's completely transparent, your questions are asked, is just absolutely ridiculous. I've been uh, trying to get Modi to come down to the Patriots or come on Sovereign Minds, and he won't even give me a reply. Hmm. But one thing that Joe Comente said about Measure A is that there has been some misinformation out there, and he wants to make it clear about Measure A. And I've got a couple examples about the misinformation. Carl Bott said we're going to be ground-breaking a jail in two years. Nowhere in Measure A does it say that. Can you repeat that, Nick? Carl Bott said, said we will have groundbreaking, the jail groundbreaking for the new jail in two years. That's his feelings on it. There was a little gal on uh, Carl's show, I believe it was yesterday, it might have been the day before, and she said it is going to build us a 500-bed jail. There's nowhere in Measure A it says it's going to build us a a 500-bed jail. You know, and they keep spreading this stuff, and it just gets uh, uh, ridiculous. Jake Mangus said 76.4% of the uh, Reading Chamber of Commerce is in favor of uh, Measure A. But when you ask Jake what kind of a reply he gets from his membership, he says it's 25 to 30%. I recall one thing. I think it was Measure something when the city wanted to have set tax... He got 18% reply, but the majority of those 18% were in favor for it, so he represents his whole uh, group as in favor of the measure. And my thoughts are, you know, they just don't reply. They're probably only in uh, Chamber of Commerce to get health insurance anyway. Well, there's a uh, 
this is a fact. There is a contradiction <clears throat> in the measure about supplanting other funding with A money compare 3.14.150F with 3.14150C5. What's that? That allows expenditures from Measure A to be spent on existing county jail detention facilities, oh, which but means. Oh, Joe meant. Joe meant. Uh, please, the please, new no, please, 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 let me finish. No, go ahead. I'm teasing. Good grief. <laughs> to be spent uh, existing county jail detention facilities, which means that the money could supplant current funding. That's what it means. The money could supplant. The new money could supplant. Current funding. It says it right there in in the measure itself. So that means that that money, as you've said before, Nick, and you're right, that money that's already there could be used for something else. So the new money is replacing the old money, which means the old money can be used for something else, the general fund, whatever. I mean, I I, I don't know how people are going to try to justify with the salaries we pay. And again, it's sort of like, well, gee, you know, you're talking about the high salaries for police. You must hate the police. No, I don't hate the police. My cousin, my dear cousin, uh, was the police chief of New Bedford, Massachusetts, just retired. I mean, I, I, that's not true at all. Just because we're discussing a fact that we are out of hand in our salaries, out of hand. I mean, we've got to be the top five in the United States. It's insane. But nobody says anything. And you talk to people on talk shows, and you ask them about it, and you bring these things up to them. And it's just like, well, no, we're going to build a jail. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Well, no, we're not. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. What it says, and Janet Chandler, Monday night at 6 o'clock at 2570 South Bonneview Road, will be speaking about this. She is reading right from the measure. So let's get the facts straight. So Joe Comenti. Let's get the facts straight, shall we? Let's get the facts straight about what this thing says. Let's start all getting the facts straight. And if we're incorrect, 605-4567, 605-4567. Call us. Tell us we're incorrect, please. Well, maybe you can get Joe to come to the meeting, and uh, we could have a little debate between he and Janet. But the thing is, <coughs> uh, Carl Bott contacted Joe, and the way he said he wrote that is, those expenses that are going to the existing jail, that's just going to be the new expenses for staff and everything. But it doesn't say that. No, it does not. All it had to say is uh, services that aren't there now, something to that effect. But it doesn't say that. And, you know, we are getting a lot of fake news on uh, our, uh, one talk show in particular and it's getting frustrating, and you start challenging them on it, and all of a sudden they've got to go to a break and this and that. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to bid you a fond farewell, and thank you for letting me speak my piece. Well, I think that uh, this has to go on with the program next coming up, Sovereign Minds. I hope that somebody calls in and brings these things to, to light. I know that, uh, that Mark and the folks are going to have some really good stuff on Sovereign Minds, most likely about what's going on in Washington, D.C., et cetera, which we all need to know about. It's very, very, very important. Well, you know, they uh, were going to have a candidate on each uh, second hour of their show up until the first. Great. And if 
if Modi was scheduled to be there today, they're going to have to have some help filling in that hour, I suspect. <laughs> well, with that, I think we have to go. Oh, no, I guess we don't have to go to a break. But, Nick, thank you. I think we can go to Richard right now. Yep. Richard, how are you, buddy? Richard, are you there? I am. There you Good are. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. So uh, some more good news from the state of California. Uh, the bill introduced last week, SMO Bill 2070, by Mark Levine. Not Mark Levin. Mark <laughs> Levine. Yeah. Uh, Democratic Socialist Party. Uh, mandatory voting for, resi- for people in California. Uh, very short in the introduction, um, you know, basically says everybody must vote. So, uh, so I'll cast a ballot marked or unmarked in whole or in part at every election. Uh, so here's my deal. <clears throat> we already know they ballot harvest. That, that started, what, a year or two ago. Now we know that certain states in the union are going to give the electoral college votes to the popular vote, national popular vote winner in the United States. Gee, I wonder if all this stuff is connected. What do you think? (laughs) Gee whiz, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. um, Can I recommend some books for some people? Yes, absolutely, please. So there's some excellent books out there, very, very enlightening So Chris Ann Hall, we all know Chris yeah. Ann. She has a book entitled Sovereign Duty. Mm-hmm. Mark Levin, not Mark Levine. Mark Levin has Men in Black, mm-hmm. describing how the, the judicial system has been taken over. Frederick Bastiat, <clears throat> his book is entitled The Law. Basically describes how men use the law to break the law. And then, of course, Michael Savage, last one. Michael Savage, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. Excellent books, gave great great foundations on a lot of different topics and explains what and why and how all this stuff is happening. Can you mention that that third book again, please? Frederick Bastiat, B-A-S-T-I-A-T. It's entitled The Law. Excellent, excellent read. Uh, and you know what? Is it a sin to wish that some of these evil, do- these evil folks passing these laws? Is it a sin to wish they get struck down by lightning? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, guys, great show. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to go off to a break, but before we do, I want to give a shout out to Todd over at Cott's Store on Bowman Road. He's a young guy out there that is a real Jefferson supporter, Second Amendment supporter, and it's good to see young people out there that are standing up and and uh, and wanting and, and believe in in our rights and our constitutional rights, our God-given rights. And we'll talk a little bit about the Second Amendment when we get back, uh, especially about well, gee whiz, if we don't get more cops, how can we protect ourselves? Ever hear of the Second Amendment? How about open carry? Huh? Protect, protect how about yourself. open carry? Yeah, protect yourself. Time has come. We're 51. Let's get her done.
You just can't let it be, but I know If you keep on coming back for more And I keep on trying I keep on trying The average adult is issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell. With decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palosidrodentistry.com. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. Celebrating 20 years in business, Five Star Bank is a community business bank serving small to medium-sized businesses and is a champion of local economic development and community stewardship. Five Star Bank was founded in 1999 by a group of local entrepreneurs who wanted to create personalized banking services inspired by shared vision and goals. Today, Five Star Bank is among the top 5% of performing banks in the nation for banks of its size. Five Star Bank proudly serves farmers, ranchers, and growers in the agricultural community, commercial real estate developers, and construction, those who lead nonprofits and churches and entrepreneurs in emerging technology. Five Star Bank is also committed to small businesses through a robust SBA department. They understand that when it comes to business, timing is critical. Their sense of urgency and speed to serve are part of the foundation of their success. Visit fivestarbank.com and visit your local branch at 358 Hartnell in Reading. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. on jury nullification in this messenger that just went out yesterday. Uh-huh. And it was such an amazing, power-packed, but short article and to show that we do not have to be sheeple in the jury pool, <laughs> that we actually have power. And that woman, I hope everybody comes and listens to her on Monday because she is so knowledgeable. Amen. I agree. She's amazing. Um, the uh, fact is, when we do our constitutional conventions, 
uh, Janet is our uh, our moderator. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she's an amazing person. Harold, her husband, uh, uh, been a little bit uh, down these days in his health, but uh, best to him. Uh, great guy. They're just a really great couple. But uh, you're right about Janet. I mean, folks, if you're out there and you care anything about your liberty, you care anything about your freedom, you care anything about what's going on in your community and and how to how to keep your liberty in your community even tomorrow night's a very 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 important meeting come listen ask questions yes absolutely so i just hope everybody reads that article so when you get called in for jury duty you are armed Amen. With knowledge. That's that's great and that's you can get that on the messenger you want to tell the folks how they get that penny who me yeah me oh well um <laughs> <laughs> you can go to our SOJ website and uh, click on the messenger, and then um, down at the bottom of the messenger, you can subscribe, and there are other places on our website you can subscribe or tell the lead um, committee leader in your uh, area that you want to get the messenger, and then we'll get your email address and add you to the list. Outstanding. Perfect. Thank you, Penny. Okay. So, yeah. Thank you. Bye. See you tomorrow, hon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. So, she's when a, she's got, another patriot too. She's, she's a, wonderful. She's great doing oh, what man. she's doing for us. I know she's a keeper. That one is. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's see. For next Saturday, a week from yesterday, we want to make sure that we mention what we're going to be having. It's called the Fight for Liberty Town Hall. It's in Anderson. At let's see, at the um, Veterans Hall, and the doors open at three o'clock. Um, the event begins at four o'clock. Um, let's see, at three. 3210 West Center Street, and we're going to be talking about State of Jefferson and the court case and things going on with that. And there's a lot to cover there, but we want to give everybody the information so they can hear it firsthand. They can ask questions and make it interactive so we're answering people's questions. And we're all constantly asked questions about things going on with Jefferson, and we want to give everybody an update and update the citizen for fair representation so everybody understands it is State of Jefferson, and then we have a DBA doing business as for the Citizens for Fair Representation, which is the fighter for the court case to fight against California so we can get our sovereign liberties back. So that's one component of the, the event. The other one is the Second Amendment. And our speakers are going to be Mark Baird, Patrick Jones, and Dr. Paul Danuka. It's free admission, no charge to be there. And we're also going to have a little bit of a, a drawing there. You can buy tickets at the event. So bring cash, check, um, or credit card, and we're going to sell tickets for a safe with a surprise in it, uh, maybe a few surprises in it. So be prepared for, uh, you know, buying a donation ticket. Um, go, go through that process of uh, buying the tickets for the drawing, and we'll see how that goes. But we just want to invite everybody. Again, it's um, the event starts at 4, the doors open at 3, and um, that's pretty much it. It'll be a fun event, free admission. Kids are welcome. We'd love to have kids there because, because guess what? They're not going to learn any of this in school. They're not going to learn it anywhere else. And it'll be a good family conversation, too. You talk about your liberty and what's going on within our state and within our country. So we don't want to keep them ignorant. We want to learn stuff, and we want them to be well-informed of what's going on in our country so they're, they're well-armed and protected sovereign citizens, as we all should be. So that's the first thing. The other thing is um, I just want to give everybody an update. We've received donations for CFR or State of Jefferson for our court case, and they come from various, various places. This last week alone, we got 
donations from Alaska, New Hampshire, Oregon, Nevada, and Florida. I'm not saying those are the only places they came from. I'm just saying that's where some of the donations came from. So we have people in those five other states that are supporting us. Maybe they are from Jefferson at one point. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I don't have interaction with the people that um, send the money. But I just wanted to let everybody know we have people all over the country, truly all over the country, the far eastern side of the country, far south part of the country, and far north part of the country. So we've got we've got it covered. So I just want everybody to know what, what's going on with that. And we appreciate all the donations that come in, and they can be mailed to P.O. Box 751 Palisadro, P-A-L-O-C-E-D-R-O, and the zip code is 96073. So that's it for that little bit of stuff. What's next? Well, you know, we were talking about open carry, and uh, when you had some thoughts on that, I'll um, premise that with the fact that we did, uh, uh, the question was brought up to our new sheriff, Sheriff McGreeny, about open carry, and that, frankly, when people are given a CCW, a permit for concealed carry, mm-hmm. um, they are trained, and they 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 carry it concealed, but the real deal is is the discernment of when to use a weapon. If you're going to use a weapon, chances are you're willing to use that weapon uh, to shoot somebody and kill them. If they're attacking you or something else, you're not going to shoot to wound. The thing is, if you're in a position to where you have to have the discernment to do that, you've been issued a permit, which you really don't need constitutionally, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but in this county you do. And in California, you do. If you're issued this permit, isn't it really when you use the gun, not how you carry the gun? Our past sheriff, uh, who I think, is he in Idaho yet? I don't know. <laughs> uh, our past sheriff uh, said that he believed, and he said it on this, on this radio station, on Carl Bott's show, that he believed concealed carry was tactically superior. To concealed carry is tactically superior. So I asked him, if it's tactically superior, then why do your officers open carry? Well, they can get to their gun quicker. So let me get this straight. Oh, and it's a deterrent. So if it's a deterrent and you can get to your gun quicker, then why is it the people that we hire and pay to protect us, or they really don't have an obligation to do that, but that's what we apparently pay them for, why is it that they should have open carry, and the people they protect don't have the same right they do. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that Sheriff McGreeny said was the comment that he's afraid that his officers would be called unnecessarily because someone saw somebody walking around with a pistol on their hip. Well, isn't that a training issue? And how do they do it in the in the... 31 states, 30, gosh. And 30 something, yeah, I can't yeah. remember what the number was. That have open carry, and then there's 15 more that have open carry with the, a background check, etc. Mm-hmm. Why is it that they can handle it? How come our officers can't? Well, I have a better question. Why do Californians have to ask permission to protect themselves? Your basic fundamental right, your God given right to be able to protect yourself. We've got all kinds of things going on in this world, but animals protect themselves given what they're issued. You know, God created a mountain lion. He's got the teeth and the, and the, 
and the uh, claws and everything else and the speed so he can protect himself and he can also hunt, hunt and use those weapons. Why can't we protect ourselves? It's a basic God-given right. We should be able to protect ourselves and our family and our property. And how do you do that? I mean, you know, <laughs> if you want to go back to when time began, uh, did they throw rocks? Did they use sticks to defend themselves? Most likely. So did they ask permission? No. <laughs> I mean, th- that's how it works. I mean, if, if a dog is going to, if a bad dog is coming after you, what are you going to do? Are you going to pick up a stick and try to thwart it off, you know, hit it to defend yourself? West Virginia is an open carry state with no, nothing, no permit, nothing. You just, it's yep. just open carry. And we now have a situation in Virginia where there are several counties that want to annex to, uh, to West Virginia and go to West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And what, 120 counties in Virginia now or sanctuary counties? New Hampshire is the same thing. And guess what? It's a very liberal state. Yes, it is. Very, Vermont. very, both open carry. So how does that work? How come Californians aren't standing up and fighting for this? How come we're not marching on the Capitol, so to speak? How come we're not doing all this stuff that everybody else seems to be doing and they get it? How come Californians are so complacent, sitting on their hands and not doing anything and just willing to let it go and then complain about it after the fact? It doesn't do you any good after the fact. And we're also after the fact because we're at the permit issue stage. So it's already been taken away, and they have to grant you permission to protect yourself. That's unacceptable. I know that one of the arguments was that um, that <clears throat> uh, the sheriff had to follow California law. Well, that's just not the case because Sheriff and, Mr. and Sheriff McGreeny, you took an oath not only to the California Constitution but the United States Constitution. Mm-hmm. And I want to remind you, sir, that in the California Constitution, in Article 3, Section 1, it specifically states that the Constitution of the United States is recognized as the supreme law of the land, and California is an inseparable part of that. So in layman's terms, that means that the United States Constitution trumps Trump's. the California Constitution, yep. Yep. It does. which means if it says in the United States Constitution that the California Constitution says something different, it's the United States Constitution that California has to abide by and, sir, what you have to abide by. But here's my question. If you're going to give 10,000 CCWs, what's the difference of where these people carry the weapon? It's all a matter of whether or not they have the discernment of when to use it. And apparently, you think they do. How is it a privilege when it's a right? You want to solve the problem with more police? Simple. Issue a, a open carry permit, which you're allowed to do in a county under 200,000 uh, 200, people, even in the state of California. Issue that. Anybody who wants it, who's a law-abiding citizen, I believe it's a 26150B-2. Make the entire county make, open carry. Make the entire county make open, open carry. open carry and That's set right. precedent. And guess what? Yeah, sometimes you have to do things that are a little uncomfortable. But guess what? You step outside of that, you're going to have followers of other counties all over. They're going to follow. And so it just takes one of you guys to step up and to do the right thing. Well, one of the comments our past sheriff said was, well, it doesn't really matter, you know, because what about the other counties? Well, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I mean, the point is, is you got to step up. Here's the deal. I believe what the sheriffs are doing is unconstitutional. And I also believe that we have to start holding officials publicly responsible and lawfully responsible for not upholding their oath to the Constitution. Amen. 
I mean, I think it's time. That's Again, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of this program. How, how does this fit into Jefferson? Which part of it does? All of it. All of it, yep. Because it's a running theme through California. Yep. Okay, we have a caller on the line. Good morning, Dick. How hey, you Dick. doing? Hey, morning, guys. Hey, you know, I'm I'm looking at this vote. Yes, I'm measuring a flyer I got in the mail a couple of days ago. And is how will one cent be spent? Well, under the people that fund the hires, the two officers, Anderson, blah, 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 all these, under police force and law and justice, 131 employees, new employees are going to be hired. And then over here under jail and support, it says further mental health services, expand medical assistance treatments, increase rehabilitation. That's more people. It's probably be close to 180 new employees is going to have pensions mm -hmm. and health care. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, on the very top of that, it says immediate releases funds to transfer convicted offenders out of Shasta County. Well, if we could get them all out of the county, say four or five hundred of them. We won't need any extra. I'm, I'm with Patrick Jones. He said we don't need extra jail space. We need to get them out of there, send them to other places. And if if this money was used instead of expanding our whole government, we're actually expanding government. We use the money to send these guys out of here. We won't need all that extra bed space. We won't need all these extra people. And and uh, one thing that would be really great if we could make a treaty with Mexico and send our prisoners to Mexico. I'm sure if a if a guy knows he breaks in one more car, he's going to spend a year in Mexican jail. He'd think twice about what he's going to do. Amen. <laughs> Well, you anyway, know I, I see Patrick Jones, he says the same thing. We don't need jail. We need to get these people out of the area. If you get them out of the area, we don't. We have about four or 500 on catch and release. If we could send them in jails out of here, we won't need any more jails. You're right. And, you know, one of the things that people have said, and unfortunately it's been people I, we all respect, well, we have to do something. This is yeah, the wrong thing. Let's what does that mean? Let's I mean, tax the people. I mean, here's the deal. <clears throat> the deal is open carry. That's it. that's the deal. You want the answer? Open carry. Somebody somebody challenges on that. How is that not? Not only is it your right, and not only are the sheriffs obstructing your rights. I wonder if that falls into a Title eighteen. It might. might. Huh. Title eighteen two forty two. It might. Uh oh, you stumbled on a gem. I might have. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, is that when you look at this stuff, I mean, I'm just saying, at what point are we going to start standing up? I mean, you know, you, how many more people need to move from here? How many more egregious laws do we have to follow in California? When are our sheriffs going to stand up? And they could, you know, we don't even have an elected sheriff right now. Well, and, and two, <laughs> how many more times do um, our sovereign citizens have to be victimized? Right. That, of, of all things, I mean, whether your car is broken into, whether you're physically assaulted, whether your home's broken right. into, stuff stolen, it doesn't matter. Your, your business, your home, whatever, your animals, it doesn't matter. People are being victimized left and right and all kinds of whacked out things. How long, uh, how long are we going to stand anyway, for this? You know, I, I want to say my piece. I agree with Patrick Jones. Send the, spend the money to get them out of here. We don't need any more jail space. If we got rid of 500 repeat offenders, we won't need more jail space. And we don't need all these other correction officers. There you go. You're right. I mean, you're right about all of that. Send, spend, but send the, if we have a measure A, use the money for renting jail space out of here. Use the money for that. And don't, we don't need to build another new jail. Says 500 additional jail beds. That costs a few million bucks to build that stuff. Well, we we were told at one point Mississippi had open jail space down there, so we could ship them off to Mississippi. Even well, even even fly, even, fl even flying them to Mississippi and housing them and paying for them to be in Mississippi is far cheaper than housing them here in Shasta County. I yeah, like, but, but I like people don't make Mexico more money better. <laughs> yeah, Mexico. Or, or maybe to China. 
Okay, I said my two cents. Thank right. you. Thank, Thank you, you, Dick. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, here, here's the deal. You know, I don't know where Sheriff McGreen is going to go. You know, I, I mean, to me, I think he's going to be doing the right thing until he does the wrong thing. But at this point, the answer to not allowing open carry is because he's afraid of frivolous calls. And he says, I want my guys to go home safe at night. Well, what about the people that they serve? It's not okay that they go home safe at night? We want it's them okay to go home. They get beat up. We want them to go home safe at night too. Of course we do. <laughs> All of us to go home safe at night. Yeah. Open carry, open carry, open carry, open carry, open carry, open carry, open carry. What? Period. <laughs> that's the deal. The deal is if you have the discernment to know when to use a weapon, that's the issue. Not right. how you carry it. Not if you not if you're a lady and you carry it in a bonnet. It doesn't matter how you carry it. It's the discernment of when you use it. And if you already received a permit a permission slip, it means apparently you have the discernment of when to use it or you wouldn't have the weapon on your body. How does that work in those other states? It works in all the other states except for five. Work? How does that work? It does because they because question. they're not because the, the sheriffs have courage. And because the people have courage. And in Virginia they're standing up and we need to stand up in California. Amen. And here's the deal. We need to do it most likely with a state split. Yep. And we'll get into that uh, quite a bit. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit tomorrow night, but we'll get into that and how. And you know what? When you come to this event on Saturday, February the 15th, mm-hmm. doors open at 3, starts at 4, 3210 West Center Street at the VFW Hall. When you come to that, you are going to hear the silver bullet, no pun intended. You are going to hear the solution to all of this mess. Now, whether we all have the kahunis to get behind it is going to be different. But I believe we do. First thing is, hey, pick up the phone and call your sheriff. Wait a second, I want to open carry. Well, I'm not. Well, no, you have to. Not, not you can't or you will or, or not. Hey, this guy's an elected official. Seriously? Hmm. At what point are we going to stand up? The same thing with the police chief. I wonder where our new one's making. And and about those salaries, that's okay with everybody. That 68 of the 98 make more money than two people in Chico, and Chico's a larger city. And that's okay. And our police chief last year in total compensation was $160,000 more. More. Almost double of what the police chief made in Chico. And that's okay. And the unfunded liabilities are okay. And paying them pensions is okay. And having 55 guys out there making over $200,000 a year in total compensation is okay. That's all okay. It's kind of like, gosh, you know, I've really been gaining a lot of weight. I know. Let's have a potluck. <laughs> Brownies. <laughs> Brownies. <laughs> you know, I mean, at what point are we going to stand up here? Six zero five four five six seven, and carry this on to the next program. Carry this on all week. Pick up the phone and call into your your local talk radio programs. You need to get your voice out there. We need to start showing some courage. And don't let them cut you off. Don't be rude. Have a conversation. But, you know, you know when, you know, it's like, you know, it's, well, time to go to a break. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're not there. Really? (laughs) Oh, but at this point, I'm going to extend it a little bit. (laughs) I mean, the deal is, is that, you know, and and I think that that most people in the media are fair-minded, 
I think but so. We, but we've got to we've got to go ahead and we've got to make sure that we're pushing that envelope. They're, they're fair-minded as long as they're not ignorant about the facts. I'm not saying they're stupid. I'm just saying they could be ignorant, and there's a big difference. What if they're not? What if they're not what? Ignorant of the facts. And they're just being... Just because they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Well, that could be as as well, and there's one way to find out. Ask the question. Ask the question. Yep. Pretty simple. Ask the question. Well, we we have to do something. No, we we don't. Because we know the newspaper is totally whacked, right? Open carry. The wretched flashlight. I mean, that's... Doesn't even that isn't even part of the media anymore, really? I mean, who who takes that anymore? I mean, maybe to line your birdcage, <laughs> wash your windows, I don't know, something like that. I don't know, pad, pad your fragiles when you're moving. I don't know, just well, what do you what do you use it for? I haven't seen a newspaper in I don't know how long. In place of Charmin? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's just sad that the newspaper is not locally owned and it's truly not locally operated either. Yeah, there are people that live here that work there, but they, you know, it doesn't work right. It's it's out of whack. My two cents. Yeah, that's good. That's more like a nickel. <laughs> nickel. Must have been the peanuts. <laughs> well, so what what else are we gonna do for the rest of the week? What are you gonna do? I mean, if you're gonna if you're hearing all all the stuff that we've been talking about. And you're a little irritated. Maybe you're irritated with us for bringing it up. Okay, that's fine. Guess what? We struck a nerve. And if we struck a nerve, then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to fix it? How are you going to help? How are you going to contribute? We all have to do our part. That's our responsibility. That's our civic and moral responsibility as a sovereign citizen of the great state of California. And we need to get out there and do what we need to do in order to make sure things are lawful, they're correct. They're they're godly. We want to make sure that we're doing everything we need to do in order to preserve our livelihoods, our state, our neighborhoods, our families, even our jobs. You need to do it. Make it happen. Get it done. The Fight for Liberty Town Hall, Saturday, February 15th, this Saturday. Doors open at 3, starts at 4. Free admission. The speakers are Mark Baird. Patrick Jones and Dr. Paul DeNuca talk about a story. Dr. Paul DeNuca can tell you exactly hmm, why we need guns. Why we need guns. Oh, and he's a CCW. I think Paul. I think Dr. DeNuca could open carry. I think he'd have the right discernment, wouldn't you? I would think so. And his daughters have been trained trained properly. They'd have yep. the right discernment of when to use it. The whole family has. The yep. whole word is discernment. Yep. Sheriff Magrini, discernment. All right. Let's do the right thing. Time has come. For 51. Let's get her done. You don't know us. You have no clue. Until you're telling us what to do. We don't know you. The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.